Merry Christmas and Happy New Year 2022, St. Luke's. Thank you. Uh, since 2021 did not quite take, we will try it again. I've spoken to several of you over the past few days, and you've shared with me the challenges of living in a time such as this. One parishioner described her life with this metaphor. I keep calling for a timeout, but the referee seems to always be looking the other way. And given the journey that we're all on, I can affirm this parishioner's cry and others with the question, God, may we get a break. Even in the midst of our faith, we are weeping like Jesus wept at Lazarus's grave and sometimes feeling frustrated or even abandoned by God as Jesus felt on the cross when he said to our God, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And just as God lets us know that there is an understanding of our cries through God's incarnate Jesus, we do not have to feel guilty, weak, or discouraged because we are worn from a long season of distancing, COVID panics, mask wearing, a constant drumbeat of bad news, about political strife and cultural violence and sheer suffering. It is a lot to take on and our own grief from either personal loss of health and relationship or that of our family members and friends. If you found yourself at times full of rage and sadness and having to work at happiness, you are not alone. Despite our best efforts to escape from this seemingly perpetual hell, we are confronted with this new world when our families are quarantined and every facet of our lives regulated by an invisible and inescapable agent. The acknowledgement of this reality is not to discount that there are things for which we can be grateful. The fact that we have life, and for most of us, shelter, food, and a chosen and or blood family of loving people around us who care about our well-being it's worth celebrating. So the question this morning is, will 2022 be any different? Or is this our lives for the foreseeable future? What is God up to and what is beyond? These are the deep questions that stir in our very beings today and in the words of theologian Paul Tillich, are issues of ultimate concern. Although we cannot know the future, 
as we begin this new year, we turn to our faith for reassurance. So what do our lectionary readings for today, these ancient texts tell us about our forebears who suffered in time and prayed for God's deliverance from their own pain and suffering. The prophet Jeremiah records the cries of Israel, those weeping, the blind, lame, those with children and women about to give birth, refusing to give in or give up, but believing in a promise that they will be sustained in difficult times. Luke's gospel provides for us God in Jesus, the only authorized canonical account of a young Jesus, a boy Jesus, a child entering adolescence. And what you've heard read was Jesus giving a little adolescent attitude to his parents when they finally found him after he had wandered off from them. This is a familiar story for every parent, amen? So they finally end up back in Jerusalem and search for a long time, symbolically three days, and they find Jesus. And we hear Mary's voice, an understandable, frustrated mother's voice that's lasted in time, saying, why have you treated us like this? Your father and I have been searching for you in great anxiety. Now hear yourself. Hear your mother or surrogate mother, family member, or guardian in this role, and add your own flavor of how this would occur in your family. And for some families, there might have been a little bit more energy behind that question. And listen to young Jesus. Why were you searching for me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? To all the kids out there, do not try this at home. <laughs> While they know they do not have an ordinary child, this must have driven home the point. Jesus does not ask or tell them that he is staying behind. He just leaves them and goes to the temple or the temple courts learning from the teachers. Jesus was certainly feeling himself. Just so we know that Jesus is a good boy, Luke quickly points out in the second sentence following that Jesus went back to Nazareth and was obedient to them. Here we find the human quality of Jesus, getting lost and being a smart aleck. 
along with this extraordinary divine nature that drew him into holding court at the temple with the great Jewish teachers. Jesus understood at this young age that he was on a mission to offer himself to a suffering world, to give hope to those on the brink of despair, to remind us in this new year that God has made a way for us from suffering into that new life, that new earth, through the Christ child. It is the belief that Jesus has brought us hope, comfort, and yes, the belief in freedom from oppression for countless witnesses now and before us. On New Year's Eve, 1862, African-American slaves gathered in churches and meeting spaces with hope that the new year would forever change their lives. Also known as Freedom's Eve, they were about to become witnesses of what their ancestors had prayed for but did not see. They also held to their faith and belief amid illness, pain, and suffering and unspeakable atrocities and said, trouble don't last always. They sang, I'm so glad that trouble don't last always. So in the late night of December 31st, they kept vigil, praying, singing, and hoping that the new year would bring about the new life that Jesus had promised. So they prayed and trusted. They prayed and waited. They prayed and kept watch through the night, believing that the new year would be better than before. Although he struggled with the hypocrisy of what he calls slaveholding religion. Abolitionist and member of the AME Zion Church, Frederick Douglass, who knew that a new day was coming, penned, it is a day for poetry and song, a new song. These cloudless skies, this balmy air, this brilliant sunshine are in harmony with the glorious morning of liberty about to dawn upon us. And as dusk of December 31st, 1862, turned into the dawn of January 1st, 1863. Telegrams about the Emancipation Proclamation proclaimed what these children of God already knew in their souls, that God had heard their cries and delivered them from the evils of chattel slavery. This past week, we said farewell to a saint of our church, Archbishop Desmond Tutu, who witnessed those working for freedom become the hand of God in his own land of South Africa. A dedicated servant of God whose exemplary Christ-like life 
inspired millions throughout the world. Bishop Tutu, a moral leader in our Anglican church and beyond, lived to see the evil of apartheid fall and freedom rise in South Africa. He led by example of what it means to live into Ubuntu, compassion and humanity. And in both slavery and apartheid, it took black, white, and other who believed in the power of love and sacrifice to transform evil into good that allow us to walk by the brooks of water. Today we are surrounded by that great cloud of witnesses, black Christians, our sisters and brothers, whose faith sustained them through a time when they felt like giving up, but they did not give in or give up. I am sure that somewhere they heard the prophet Isaiah, Isaiah's words that they who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. Ephesians lets us know that when we pray and trust in God, we will come to know the immeasurable greatness of God's power when we believe. In this COVID season that has turned us every way but loose, we are finding that we are more resilient than we realized. And if we look to the saints of old who endured worse, we can be so inspired and look toward the day of freedom from this virus and expect the day when our lives will become like a watered garden and our mourning into joy and dancing. And this is the hope that I invite you to carry into this new year, trusting in God and loving and caring for each other so that we will see freedom. Amen.